Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Do's and Drinks podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about session zero and uh, session point five. We'll get into that. Uh, joining me today is Larry and Brad. Um, let's go ahead and uh, jump into what we're drinking. Larry, let's start with you. Right. Um, I'm drinking kind of a whiskey sour with some mint. But I have to go light on the lime juice because keto, you know. But it's pretty good. Uh, Patty gave us some mint plants, so we just grabbed some of those leaves. And it adds a nice little touch, I must say. Nice, nice. Yeah, I have I have a basil plant that my parents bought me that's just been sitting on my windowsill. And I've been watering it. And the thing is, whenever I'm cooking, I forget it's there, so I don't use it. So I just have a basil plant just kind of growing like a like a normal plant like it's a uh, like a house plant yeah so uh <laughs> basil basil and lime go really well together do they maybe i need to get yeah. a mint plant get connor to uh jeans place or whatever the fucking terms call whenever you do that to plants and get me a little graft yeah that right get, get transplant it graft no graft's the right word get him to graft me some uh some of that mint, and I'll add it to my windowsill. Um, All right. Tonight, I'm drinking uh, also whiskey sour, um, a little bit of a variation on it. I ran out of, I believe, I ran out of, <laughs> I ran out of simple syrup, and I ran out Rip. of club soda, and I had very little lemon juice or lime juice left, so it was whiskey, lemon juice, grenadine uh whatever was left of my lime juice uh some <laughs> some uh and some water and i shook that up in my shaker and then poured it into the glass uh there was ice in the glass and then i sprinkled sugar on top and then drank okay. that uh it turned out pretty good um sugar was because i didn't have any simple syrup and otherwise it would just been sour and no uh sugar to it so did that turn out pretty good i'd drink that yeah i'll have to make it next time um we'll have, we'll have to make some uh, tennessee yeah tennessee's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting um i'll bring my shaker down and i can bring whatever is left of my whiskey or we can just buy whiskey down there do you, do you think I'm, uh, I'm sure you think it's gonna be cheaper down there probably tennessee has a lower cost of living than good old pa all right, we'll uh, we'll do that then. <clears throat> Brad, what are you drinking? I've got a iced chai tea from Sheets. A little bit of almond milk. Nice, nice. <laughs> should uh, should put almond some Kahlua milk. in that. Ooh yeah. Put put what in it? Kahlua. What's that? It's a what? kind of it's it's a it's a liqueur instead of a liquor. So it's a I think it, it's yeah. a coffee liqueur, right, Larry? Yes. Um, yeah. So it's cream. Oh, is it like a brand? Clue. Yeah, Clue is the brand. Oh, um, uh, okay. It's. It's kind of got a little coconut in there too. No, not coconut. It's more vanilla and coffee. No coconut. You're thinking really? of. Uh, maybe it has some uh, coconut in it. My 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 aunt makes it from scratch, and she uses oh, vodka, um, vanilla bean, uh, coffee, and I think that's it. Um, but no, it's really good. Good. It's really 
goes well with coffee. I imagine it would go pretty well with uh, chai tea because it has kind of that milky kind of taste to it. Yeah. But yeah. So I just, I just talked to the Googles. It is rum, sugar, and coffee. Okay. Oh, yeah. So no coconut. No um, coconut. Talking out my ass. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, uh, I don't know. I want to get more into uh, making our own alcohol. I need to get my uh, brewing stuff from you guys. I'll probably grab that um, after Tennessee. Um, also grab my pop bottles or whatever's left of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's kind of uh, let's dig into today's episode. I know it's been a while since we've had one. We've had some uh, life events going on that's kind of put us on a slight hiatus, but um, we're back. Uh, Tennessee might also interrupt our scheduling a little bit. We'll see where that goes. But uh, unless we get really drunk and want to just keep improv a podcast, I mean, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so let's jump into it. So recently, um, aka like two, three weeks ago, <laughs> we had a session zero for our upcoming evil campaign. Um, we sat sat down with the group discuss character backstories, discuss the rules of the campaign. Let's dig into that and uh, kind of go into a little bit of detail. So uh, let's start off with um, some of the basics. So we started with this, uh, the session zero with me outlining the basics of the campaign. Again, like we said, this is an evil campaign, and those are usually a little bit harder to run just because... Uh, players here evil and devolve into murder hobos so laid out ground rules such as one no murder hoboing um and identifying that this game isn't going to be just you're just neutral evil or chaotic evil and you just kill anything on site this is evil with a purpose you have a goal in mind and even if that goal isn't evil the steps you take to reach that goal at least have to be evil um so Brad and Larry, how'd you guys feel about that rule, about that kind of restriction that put on you right from the beginning? I really like that kind of stuff. Uh, I've been wanting to explore stuff like that for a long time in D&D, but it's really hard because you need like a a very particular group who's all on board with it to actually like go through with it. So I'm really excited. (laughs) Yeah. Ideally, you don't need those rules because I've never found murder hoboing to be fun. I don't know why people love it so much, but they do. Um, so, like, sometimes you need to introduce those rules. But just because th- this this goes back to, like, Brad always talking about the alignment system. I think it's kind of broken because when people pick chaotic evil, they think they need to just go around and kill everyone. But it's not really how I envision chaotic evil playing. Um, but, you know, everyone has their own interpretations of the alignment system. Yeah, yeah. No, I, so. But I do think those rules are important, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the purpose of defining that, I feel, is because since we're doing a mini campaign, um, well, we're starting it out as a mini campaign, so since it is such a small campaign, those rules need to be put in place just because you can't have players just going off and doing whatever the hell they want because in a larger campaign, much like, um, ones we've run in the past uh 
it's it's okay to kind of let the players get off the beaten track because it's going on for a long time and you're not on too much of a time constraint. Whereas a mini campaign, you have a story to tell and you have world actions going on and you need to keep the players from kind of going off the rails because it's almost like a one shot. Like you have a story. Get what I'm saying? I'm kind of explaining it wrong, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it needs to be a lot more like focused. Yes, that, that, was, uh, that was the word I was looking for. Um, you need a common dare you goal, call it like a common goal. Well, it needs to be that common goal, like very well defined at the beginning. Yeah, right. Like in a campaign, you can often like find it along the way, uh, but we don't really have the time to find it along the way. I think that's the best way to start any campaign, not just an evil one. Sure. And I think that's yeah. something we kind of missed the mark on, but you know there are other reasons. I yeah for yeah that we 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 can go into that in another episode about our learning experiences with our campaigns i feel like that would be a interesting one um but it'd be good when we never did one on like our experiences we just like interviewed people yeah yeah so i really think that we should do that at some point but not today um so yeah so let's move on a little bit let me open up my notes so <clears throat> that's not my notes there we go so after we laid the ground rules and groundwork, we then went into, well, I went into and asked you guys about your characters. I asked about, um, basically, just tell me about your character. Tell me about the current backstory that you have. We went through the group one by one. You guys gave your um, your own mini monologues about who your character is, some of their motivations, and where they stand within the world. Um, and then we progressed from there. Uh, leading into questions that help develop your characters a bit more. So starting out with the first part, though, how do you guys feel about describing your characters where they currently were before we got into more of the world building or character building um, questions? Did you like that? Would you have preferred to do the world, the character building questions beforehand? Opinions. So I feel like in a mini campaign, uh, it's often a little bit less character driven. Uh, just because you don't have all the time to explore everybody's backstory in the game. Uh, so you kind of need to define it a little bit clearer up front. And I think that's really helpful. Um, I think that the way we did it was good in the sense that we had an idea of what our characters were going to be. But we kind of waited until we learned more about the world to develop them more. And I kind of think that that like, parallel development between the character and the world and their interactions with other characters is probably the best way to do it, especially in a mini campaign. Um, and I think that's something maybe most parties skip out on is like that session 0.5 that we did. Uh, we'll, we'll get into session really... 0.5 a little later. This is more focused on yeah, session yeah. 0 right now, but yeah. Right. But I just think that those like developing things as you go before you actually start playing is the best way to do it. Because you can like bounce ideas off of the DM and other players in like a live setting. So how so we keep bringing up that it worked very well for a mini campaign. What about for a longer drawn out campaign? Either one that is structured through modules or more homebrew and little loose like ours. Um, how would you feel that those that kind of character building would work as a group? How would it work in a session zero with a larger campaign? Will it work similarly? Or do you think it will work different with the characters kind of keeping more of their backstories a little bit hush-hush? I think it could work either way. 
um, <clears throat> depending on what you're going for. Um, so not my most recent campaign, but the one before that. Uh, all the players kind of started off not really knowing each other. Uh, they all just happened to be hired to the same job. Um, however, the campaign after that one, it was some of the characters from that first campaign, uh, as well as some new characters. Um, so some of the characters started off knowing each other. Uh, you know, both of them can work out. You just have to like be aware of what to expect. That's interesting. So you actually continued the can not continued the campaign, but you had another campaign in the same world, keeping some of the same characters, but introducing new ones. Yep. Interesting. I never really thought about that before, because that'd be a cool way to let players continue developing their own characters while giving other ones ways to or <laughs> the opportunity to explore other ones. I like that idea. Well, it was totally optional for them as well. Um, if they were interested in their character and liked them, then they could keep going. If they just wanted something new, well, that option was there as well. Uh, so I think it worked out really well, especially from like the, the player's perspective. So in a session zero, how would that work with that second campaign? Um, would you only do it with the characters who or the players who are creating new characters, or are you going to do the session zero with everyone as a whole? Mm -hmm. So it should be everybody, uh, regardless. Uh, you just kind of ask different questions depending on who you're talking to. Uh, so the the character that came back, uh, you know, they're already ingrained in the world. Uh, so you're kind of more of asking about like what the current state of their their person is uh, and what their goals might be. Uh, you don't really have to focus on the backstory too much because it's already established. Um, however, for the new players, you kind of have to talk about like how to establish them and their goals. You don't really have to worry about like their 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 the past campaign experiences. You know, it's like what they think of the last campaign. Oh, well, they weren't there. So you just kind of have like a like a Venn diagram of questions. You know, some apply to both, some apply to just one of them. Cool, nice. All right, so that's kind of going into how the uh, initial character explanation went. Um, so. <clears throat> Jumping back to the to our specific session zero, uh, after we had that kind of introductory discussion of uh, everyone describing their character, a little bit of character backstory, and then um, their uh, motivations, we then moved on to asking more specific questions. So some of those questions included how much gold means to your character. We talked about um, who your characters hate um, what your characters fear, um, someone your character has wronged, something your kill characters would kill to learn, and something that your character loves. Um, went through, asked those specific questions. Um, I personally felt like those questions really helped you guys round out your characters individually and as a group. Um, but how did you guys feel about it? I loved those questions. Really? Yeah, I thought they were very simple but they also like helped us create our characters in our own minds, right? Like we all had an idea of what our character was going in, but like those questions were very easy to answer for the most part, and they helped us kind of further develop what we thought our characters would be. Because me personally, like I had a, a, a really rough idea of what mine was, but he didn't really have much personality until we went through this question, so I thought they were really good. And I thought that'd make a good template for any session zero, honestly. So, do you... Would you say that 
you like being able to let me think about how I'm gonna word this question. So would you say that you would prefer uh, coming into a session zero with a character with a like you said, a general idea of what the character is and then come in and round them out with these questions? Or would you like to have these questions presented to you whenever you're creating your character so that you can come up with them on your own? I think that the live aspect there helped me personally. Okay. Um, Trying to keep focus I, and stay I, on track type of thing. Yeah, I could understand how people would like to have those beforehand, but... Um, me personally, I, I like having those kind of on the spot because it forces you to kind of improv, which I enjoy. Okay. Brad, how about you? What was the question? <laughs> so the question that we posed at the very beginning, uh, after we discussed our characters, um, what are you feeling on those questions? Um, and how do you feel about those questions being presented um, on the spot versus ahead of time? Yeah, so... It probably depends on the particular player. Um, I kind of like the on-the-spot questions sometimes because uh, it, it kind of makes you go with like a like a gut reaction, um, which is often a little bit less refined uh, than maybe if you planned it out ahead of time. Uh, however, if you're really interested in having like a super strongly cohesive backstory, then it might be nice to actually have them ahead of time, and then you can just kind of discuss and refine them at the session. Um I definitely like the on-the-fly question, though. Yeah, I, I – how did you feel about the, the questions as a whole, particularly, like, specifically the ones that were asked? Do you think there are any other um, – this goes for you, too, Larry. Mm -hmm. But do you guys think there are any other questions that your characters would have benefited from being asked at the beginning? Or um, are there questions that you didn't want to be asked? Are there any changes that you would make to the questions? Mm. So, I guess, you know, some, some people really like secrets uh, whenever it comes to their backstory. Um, I particularly don't really care too much, uh, but I know some people do. Um, so, whenever you're talking about it with the whole party, uh, you know, it might depend on the player, again, how much they actually want to talk about. You know, some of that's like, oh, well, you know, this is a secret. You know, I don't want to talk to the rest of the party about it. Um, so you, they might try to avoid those questions, but other people might be, you know, more willing to talk about it. So, so as far as like the specific questions though, um, I definitely think it's really important to have, uh, like tie-ins to the world. Um, even if they're just kind of like loosely tied in, uh, I think I called it like, like a noun based, um, like connections where you kind of have. You know, like choose like a person, choose a place, choose like an object, and then choose like an idea uh, that your character is really interested in, or at least has like a strong connection to, and then go from there. So it's like, oh, take my character, you know, like what is like a very notable place of his backstory? And it's like, oh, well, the notable place is the town he grew up in. You know, he really likes that place. He wants to see it succeed. That's where his friends, family, business people are. Uh, you know, what's like a thing that he really likes? It's like, oh, well, he maybe got like a crossbow handed down to him and he, you know, takes, you know, exquisite care of that. Uh, just kind of looking at it from like that that kind of lens there's some really good questions to ask okay no I, I like that I kind of wish I would have asked you guys those questions um. I think that um, if you take you know if you look at a character sheet you see like personality traits bonds etc 
Um, I think if you take those and, like, further flesh them out into, like, other specific things, that could be beneficial. Which I think some of the things you ask kind of would do that. Um, for example, I don't remember the specific question, but you asked some sort of question relating to, like, some sort of bond that we have that kind of drives our character. Um, so. Yeah, so I asked you uh, some of the specific questions is, what do your characters hate? What do your characters fear? Someone your character has wronged, what would your character kill to learn in something or someone that your character loves? Yeah, and I think those are all really good to kind of get an idea of what our characters are like. I think that like those couple simple questions kind of, for the most part, can define a character. Um, yeah, but like Brad said, uh, I think like those specifics kind of would also help as well I, I do feel like I don't know I feel like having well-rounded questions can help create the characters I'm just I'm yeah I totally agree I don't know this was my first session zero that I've ever had or ran and oh, I, I thought it was I thought it was real good yeah no I really enjoyed it because like I really this is going to be a bit more of a tangent from my point of view here, but I really enjoyed seeing everyone kind of creating their characters as we went. Because like Tyler yeah. said, he came into that he came into that session with a name, a class, and the word power. Those are the only three things he had coming into session zero. Or he had a character, class, and the word power. That's it. And yeah, from there, I didn't even have the word power. Huh? I said I didn't even have the word power. Yeah. I just had the name of the class. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, just around those things, he built his character on the fly based off these questions. And I think that's really cool. And, like, I really – and I think it's completely fine, like, creating your own character and, like, coming to the table. But I feel like it's different. Like, being able to create it on the fly with everyone else is kind of part of the fun. And if you want things to be private, you keep it private. Um, for example um, – on the flip side of Tyler, we had other players who came to the table with characters with already rounded out backstories, rounded out characteristics, rounded out qualities, all of these things. But I felt like the questions still helped round that character out to become not better, but more personalized, more humanized, more real, almost, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I, I don't know, I just felt like I really enjoyed that whole session because it was cool it was informative it was helpful it helped me build the world because i was able to ask you guys questions be like okay well here's the world here's the information that i have currently on the world and that's currently built out what are questions that you guys have what are things that you want to know you guys gave me that feedback and then even questions that you guys didn't want to know um for example but things that came up because of your backstory such as uh, Brad, your character's hometown. Uh, mm -hmm. Jess's character's hometown. The organization that Tyler and Derek's characters are from. All those things that came up during the session and we came up with during the session, created during the session, I'm like, all right, cool. Now, after the session, I sit down, take some time, and I flush out each of those things. So now there's a, there's a town de developed based off of the characteristics that, Brad, you gave me for your character's hometown. And mm -hmm. I did the thing for each and every one of those. And it was really cool because 
I like being able to do that. I like being able to incorporate people's characters into the world and I, having a session zero and being able to discuss about it, I think is a, it's, it's great to be able to do it ahead of time. Whereas with my other campaign, I didn't really know too much about you guys' characters and I had to kind of change the world, add, not change, but add to it as we went on to kind of incorporate new things, which is what I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. My first time doing a session zero, but it's definitely not going to be my last. I Any campaign I start now or any campaign I'm part of, there's going to be a session zero. Well, that I'm a DM, there's going to be a session zero. If I'm not the DM and I'm a player, I'm going to bug the DM to have a session zero. But if we don't have one, we don't have one. But I'd probably still use these same questions to help construct my character. If that makes sense. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, if I go back in time, I would have a proper session zero. Like, that's the one thing I would change. Oh, yeah. Totally. Because, like, that, that uh, like, parallel feedback you get between DM and players, like, player ask question, DM is forced to uh, flesh out this aspect of the world which then affects another player and it's just like you kind of you build the world together and i think that's mm -hmm. a really cool thing and that's something like very special to D. &D. yeah yeah so there's something interesting there about world building and how well defined the world is ahead of time versus how much flexibility you give the players so if the player wants a town that has like a certain you know, characteristic about it as part of their backstory. You know, if you have like a super well-defined world, that might not exist or might not be very realistic for that, you know, town to exist. Um, however, if you kind of have like a loose world, you know, you could just kind of say, oh yeah, something like that exists here. It doesn't have to be super ingrained and you can just kind of make it on the fly. Uh, so I think there's benefit to having both of those, having like the well-defined, you know, setting and existing towns uh, but still leaving a little bit of space for, you know, custom on the fly towns or, you know, other content. Which is where my current world kind of is in um, mm -hmm. our long-running campaign and our mini campaign. It's, I, I purposely made it vast and undefined in certain aspects so that I had room to add things as we went. Because as a first-time DMing, not first-time DMing, but first time running a long campaign and a long homebrew campaign i don't want to stress over creating every aspect of the world all at once i did a little bit at the beginning but i eventually let that go and is more focused on doing it as it as the world progresses but the nice thing mm -hmm. is is doing the session zero it helps me do that a little bit of head time and also once as time goes on i can continue to flush out this world more and more going a little bit off topic here but and then say evil campaign ends main campaign i almost just ripped my headphone cords um main campaign ends and then time goes on it rolls around in my turn to dm again i can now do it in the same world again have all this stuff pre-built and now make changes easier make the the world and the quests easier and stuff like that and i think a session zero helps that a little bit um, it kind of helps mirror that because in your session zero you get to ask those questions get that information and then be able to propagate that before the game even starts mm-hmm very very true yeah 
sorry, a little bit of a tangent there. Um, I do like me my world building. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's go over some more of the questions that I asked and uh, discuss a little bit about uh, how you guys felt about that. So let's start off with, we talked about um, what brought you guys together. More specifically, first we talked about what was the team's end goal? And we were able to establish a very concrete short-term goal for you guys for this mini campaign. And then we kind of went from there. How do you feel about establishing the team, the, 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 um, the party's goal before establishing anything else pertaining to the campaign? How do you feel about that? Yeah, so uh, I, I think that's definitely the way to go. Um, sometimes, people will run into issues where the party doesn't have a very compelling reason to be together at the start of a campaign. Um, maybe that's like a, like a, a new DM mistake. Um, cause then the party's like, okay, well, wh why am I working with you people? You know, what, what are we doing together? Or, you know, it's like, my goals have nothing to do with the rest of the party's goals, and it leads to just some, like, weird conflict. Um, having that goal ahead of time is very helpful. Or at least, I think so. So I would almost always start a campaign under that premise. You, you could probably get around that um, in a situation where the DM and the party is very cohesive and established, and, you know, it's probably played together before yeah and how do you feel about um doing in mini session zeros or mini session ones where different members of the group are partied together uh so say there is it's a group of five right two of the party members you run a little mini session for them the other two you run a mini session for them and then the other one you kind of have a one-on-one -on -one session with where they each do their own things they develop their own bonds um and so when they come together these these kind of predefined groups that are already there that kind of help the cohesion with a group that doesn't know each other initially and doesn't have a concrete goal together initially how do you feel about doing those mini session zeros or session ones i think it's cool it's a lot of work on the dm's point um and not every campaign needs it but I mean, if that's something that, you know, the DM and the player is interested in, I don't see why not. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, I don't want it to have that, like, Matt Mercer effect where everybody thinks it's, like, required or something because, you know, Critical Rule did it, therefore I need to do it. It's definitely something that you should only do if... What's the word I'm looking for? If the... Not situation... Um, circumstance yes if the circumstances kind of call for it then by all means do it but don't force it because i think forcing it is worse than not doing it at all sure um, still game still supposed to be fun yeah. if it's going to turn into a chore don't do it exactly <laughs> so after we discussed your the party's goal um both short term long term then we started kind of going into more about the inter-character communicate, not communications, but relationships. Who knows each other? How do you know each other? How did you guys meet the other party members? How did you guys become a party? And then 
Um, I know we talked about this in session 0.5, not session zero, but we'll touch on it a little bit here anyway. What keeps your group together? Yeah, I really like the inner character relationship type questions. Uh, I think those are really fun and make it very fun to play uh, with the other people. So in a, in a previous one shot I did with Sam, uh, my character and another player, player's character, uh, before the campaign or one shot started, uh, they were in like a, like a relationship with each other, which eventually went wrong and they ended up breaking up. And eventually they find their way back to doing this one uh, job together. Uh, and it was really fun just by establishing that little bit of, of backstory. Uh, it created a really fun like RP dynamic uh, throughout the one shot. So I, I love having like those uh, like character relations ahead of time. The little, yeah, the little inter-character um, yep. connections. Larry, how about you? Yeah, whether that be... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Brad. Good. No, no, never mind. I was just gonna, just gonna ramble. Oh. <laughs> I seem to have misplaced the question. <laughs> um, no, you're good. Um, I was talking about having the inter-character relationships beforehand and discussing those and creating not beforehand, but like creating those and developing those in session zero. Um. And so that you have these characters who have a long relationship with each other within some of the other characters. How do you feel oh, yeah. about that? And um, are there any questions that I asked or didn't ask that you think um, would be good ones to uh, do? That wasn't so, a good sentence. But anyway. I I think that uh, I, I personally really like inner character relationships before the fact. Because it, it's kind of one of those bond things that helps tie you into the world and the party and gives you reason to be there um but you know it it's kind of up to the players if they want that you can kind of cast the idea out there and see who bites um mm -hmm. but when when you mentioned it tony and then me and brad realized our characters were fairly similar i was like oh yeah we're like we should be like old like war buddies or whatever and that turned into this whole fucking thing about <laughs> me having a bounty on your officer's head and then you helping me collude that's beyond the point but like that whole kind of thing that we just kind of spawned out of nowhere kind of helped define both of our characters, not just mine. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think that definitely encouraging and throwing out that idea is a good thing, but uh, you don't you don't have to feel the need to, like, have to have that, right? But I, I think that uh, some characters or players rather do like that, and I'm more, probably one of those players. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. So... Speaking of characters' bonds and um, your character kind of relationships, how did you guys feel about the numbering system? The rating, how you felt about each character from 1 to 10, and then um, kind of each character rating everyone, their relationships with everyone else. How did you guys feel about that? Um, ways to improve it, uh, things to keep doing, overall uh, opinions. I... Yeah, so... Go ahead, Brad. As with any sort of abstraction like that, uh, you're going to lose a little bit of, like, meaning. Um, so, like, what's the difference between, like, a 7 and an 8? Like, you know, who knows? I don't know. Um, but whenever you compare them against each other, you know, it's kind of useful. It's like, oh, well, you know, this person's a 7, but this person's an 8. So that person might be a little bit more favorable than, you know, somebody else. So... I think it's interesting. Uh, I wouldn't rely on it too much, uh, but it's kind of a cool way to just visualize 
you know, small differences in people's opinion. Kind of understand it. And how do you feel about the uh, the uh, rating or how well your character thought of themselves as well? <laughs> that was funny. That's a little arbitrary, <laughs> but uh, I don't think that one's anywhere near as helpful. But it's funny, yeah. so who cares? Fair enough. Fair enough. It also, I feel like that also helps create a baseline for uh, the other characters. Not for the other characters, like, in general, but for, like, your feelings and other characters. Because someone can look at it and be like, oh, they read them out as a 7, they read this other guy as a 9. That's got to say something, mm-hmm. type of thing. Larry? I personally loved it. Um, I think that's something that we... I think it's at least something that the DM should know. Like, he should off... off like what's the word i'm looking for um oh god we're gonna have to this up <laughs> like kind of off, off air i guess is what i'm trying to say uh kind of go through the characters and see how they feel about the other characters i don't think behind it, the screen as they yeah, call behind it the screens i don't think they need to do it in session zero personally i thought it was fun in session zero um but you know like brad said earlier some characters enjoy uh like keeping secrets um i don't think any of us particularly are like that i think we're all pretty like open but i i thought it was fun it kind of it it helped us get to know our comrades better because i was i was thinking that tyler um would rate me pretty low because i felt like we were going to be like butting heads as far as like a power struggle goes because my character thought like, oh, like this guy is gonna stab me in the back. He just wants power, blah blah blah. So Meanwhile, you his him low. <laughs> yeah, I ra- well, yeah, I rated him lowest out of everyone. Um, and then the flip side, he was like, oh yeah, you like power? You in this for yourself? Like, mad respect. And I was like, kind of surprised by that. And I thought that was a fun little thing that happened. So, yeah, I think it's a fun thing you can include, and it it adds to the experience. Yeah, and even if it's not, even if it's not public, getting it so that it's also since it's a session zero, it's before the campaign starts, and with the kind of um, prerequisite that your group has already known each other for a while, I feel like getting that baseline of what your character's feelings on each other is going to be important because by this time, if your party's been together for two years. You would know. You would have an idea of what the other characters think of you. Or, I guess a better way to put it is for the public version would be how well do your characters treat the other ones? Or how well, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, how well does your character like other characters and the way they express it, I guess. Like, (laughs) and then you can step, and then if the players want to have a privately, uh, opinion that they want to share with the dm they're more than welcome to but i think having a public opinion that's what the word i was looking for what's your character's public opinion of each other um sure i think having that is pretty good because then you can incorporate that in your role play like one character can be like oh this character doesn't really like me too much and if your character is the type that wants to be friends with everyone they might try buddying up with that person even more and i think having that kind of general knowledge of uh, and, and understanding of how other characters treat you in the past is kind of a good way to develop that. And I think that's kind of also where those questions and those answers and that huge-ass number array that I came up with kind of helped with that. I really like 
what, what do you call them, uh, like non-mutual opinions on people. Um, like I know, like Tyler's character really liked me uh, for some reason because, you know, I was like selfish or whatever. Um, but my character didn't necessarily like him because I didn't really like the way that he like views things. Uh, so I kind of think that like that, that conflict there's really interested where like one party's more interested than the other. Uh, I, I think that's going to lead to some funny bits. I don't think any of you guys rated each other the same thing that the other person rated. Like there's some mm-hmm. that, I, that may kind of cross streams, but for the most part, you guys are all pretty differing between your opinions of each other, which I think is great. Like that's going to, exactly. that's going to create some really interesting dynamics. And I think that, understanding that in a session zero is so important because it really does help drive the role play in this role playing game so yeah Mm -hmm. um and now we're starting it into a little bit more of our session point five things um so let me go ahead and describe what that is because it's kind of a term that we i don't know coined but isn't as widely used so basically we had our session zero about two three weeks ago where we talked about all the things that we were just talking about character backstories uh, motivations what brings the the team together and other party together um and then we had that session it took some time i worked on questions and uh plot holes and all that stuff in the meantime got those to the players including the towns organizations stuff like that and then just yesterday we had a session point five where again it was no playing but we sat down we talked more about each other's characters we uh developed them more and more specifically we developed the party more um the cohesion we talked about this uh the characters' opinions of each other. That little array came from yesterday's session. Um, but we started yesterday's session off talking about what brought the what brought the party together, um, specifically the first mission as a group. And that kind of created a whole slew of different questions. But what's your guys' opinion of kind of creating, of this process of creating false history for your party? Do you, do you like it? Did you not like it? Is there anything you would have done to improve upon it? Or are there things that you would just keep the same? What do you mean false history? Like, not false history, but just history that the party has together that you guys haven't actually played out together. Okay, yeah. Uh... I thought that was one of the most important parts of the whole shebang. Um, Because, like, we can come up with our characters individually, but I think that... I mean, this is all contingent upon, like, time passing between when we make our characters and when we start session one, uh, which in our case was two years. Uh, I think even if it's a few months, you should definitely sit down with your comrades and kind of flesh out what happened between then and now because that kind of those causes and effects kind of determine what your goal is currently and how you're going to accomplish that goal um like we went over some pretty important things like what was like the catalyst that kind of made you guys uh made your goals 
the way they are now and then what was like the point at which in our case our evil campaign in which we went like truly evil uh, i think those like at least those two events are pretty important obviously that's dependent upon what kind of campaign you're running uh but i think in general i think in general uh fleshing out that history is important and i think that was like a a big thing that we did that i enjoyed especially okay. cool 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 let's uh let's talk about more about those points but first brad what's your opinion on um our process of creating the uh the history between the party mm-hmm. so i i think it kind of followed a similar process that we do here on the podcast where we just kind of like come up with an idea and then we just kind of go through like a similar talking point it's like well, if this is something that happened, then what caused that? And if that happened, then what caused that? And I, I think that's absolutely the, the, the cool way to go through it. So listen to our world-building segments. That's where we talk about how to do that stuff for a little bit more detail. Yeah, I, I kind of regret not recording yesterday's session. I just didn't think that we were going to go that deep just because of um, – I didn't think our questions would have gone that far, but we did. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. so let's go a little bit more into that. So Larry brought up two important kind of questions that I that was poised to the group, and we spent an hour discussing. And those two things were the catalyst that bound the group together, and the defining point that really um, concreted the car- the player's stance on their goal and their um, I wouldn't say alignment because the alignment system's broken. So, concrete of the party's morals, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we came up with two distinct events. Uh, let's talk about those a little bit. So, for as far as the catalyst that binds a group together, what do you think, what did you enjoy about that process? And what are some questions for future session zeros that you think should be asked to develop that catalyst more and um, that binds the group together? So there's a ton of different ways uh, for like a, a party to be together. Um, one of the most common ones is maybe like a shared client where they're all working for the same person. Um, another one is maybe, you know, like like you know, school friends or something. Maybe, you know, they train together and they've been long, long-time friends until eventually something comes up that they have to do. Uh, in, in our case, uh, for this session zero, it was essentially a shared secret where everybody was involved in something that they don't want anybody else to know about. Um, and the only way to like ensure that that information doesn't get out is to, you know, work together on a common goal. Uh, so I think it, like a shared secret's a really interesting one. So I'm pretty happy with how that went. <laughs> so as far as questions for other session zeros, do you, are there any, cause we didn't really ask any specific questions other than what bound the group together. Are there any specific questions that you think can be asked in future session zeros or session 0.5s that will help uh, moderate and kind of guide the discussion to help structure the catalyst a bit more? Or do you think letting it kind of like just run its course, you poise the uh, general idea and just let the players discuss? Do you think that's just a better way of letting it kind of naturally evolve? I, I wouldn't be opposed to the DM kind of giving the seed of the idea. Uh, and then the party gets to determine kind of how it went down. So so if, like, the DM kind of approaches you and says, hey, you know, here's the campaign that I'm going to run, um, in order to make your characters make sense in that context, 
what you have to do is, you know, tell me about a time where the party collectively, you know, screwed up a job. And that's kind of like that seed. And then the party gets to determine, you know, what the job was, how it got screwed up. Because then the DM's going to take that plot hook and work it into the campaign. How, Easier. Speaking of the DM's kind of input, how do you feel about the DM giving input? Like speaking, giving out their ideas, kind of like how I did during our session, like being like, hey, what about this? Or what about this? How do you feel about the DM kind of interjecting in the, the player's team building thing, I guess? Well, if it's the DM's goal to kind of keep this like coherent world or something like that, uh, you know, obviously they're going to have to give a little bit of say. If the players start saying some ridiculous stuff, you know, the DM needs to be able to be like, well, let's you know, cool down a bit. Like, oh yeah, um, we were on a Sky City and it blew up and we crashed Sky City, ground. Bahamut showed up. Bah, and yeah, bah, it's like, bah, 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 if the DM wants to veto that, they should absolutely be allowed. Okay, cool. And that kind of also guiding and giving their own ideas. For example, um, whenever I put forth the idea of uh, the decoy and who the decoy was for your group. Um, how do you feel about kind of more specific interjections like that? Would you approve of those? Would you disapprove of those? Yeah, I don't dislike it. I think it's all right. Okay. Larry, uh, how about you? Your opinion on the uh, catalyst and uh, the uh, discussion around it? I think that it should be mostly up to the players but of course the dm should be able to be like this is absolutely ridiculous we're not doing this um but i, I liked how you handled it tony where you kind of you, you kind of tossed out ideas and then we took those and kind of just like bounced them off each other um and we kind of all just collaborated uh which i think is a cool part about those two sessions was how uh you kind of collaborated with us and it was kind of like a equal give and take I think that was very helpful in, you know, flushing out what this experience is going to be. And I feel like the players are more invested in the story if they have their own hand in creating it a little bit beforehand, too. Oh, absolutely. Because now that's you why have, I think we're you had this kind of investment now. Yeah, like I, that's why I think we're all very excited for this, um, because this is like something we haven't done, me or you, previously in our main campaigns um, that we are going to do in the future for sure. Um, but yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I feel like... We should add, like, cool little, uh, bridge segments when we're thinking about stuff. Instead of just editing it out. <laughs> just like a... Do -do 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 -do. Like some random little, shit. A little, uh, ding -a -ling. Like the to-be-continued from JoJo's type shit. That, that'd be copyrighted so quickly. Well, yeah, I, I know, I, not exactly that, but like same concept. I fucking love that song though. Dude, the um roundabout. Yeah. Eric Andre show. We'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> um. God, you're keeping me off track even more. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. The uh, so an example of where like I kind of I wouldn't say shut down an idea, and I kind of feel bad about this. But you guys like really took the whole decoy being um, the new arms dealer, and you guys really took it like, and now he resents us, and he wants us dead, and he's part of the whole reason, yada yada yada. I was like, okay, now they're going a little in deep, and like <laughs> we, deciding we what this character's, villain. and you you guys were deciding what this character's motives were, and I'm like, I don't know if I like that. 
So that and that's where I was like, I'm just putting him down as he was TBD. the yeah. I, I just put down the I just put down the facts of what I currently wanted, such as this new arms dealer was the other arms dealer's apprentice, and he he was used as a decoy, and he's the one that survived. Um, and that's all I have down. And that's because I want to be able to develop that character a little bit on my own and kind of, you know. Um, so that's no, kind of yeah, where I totally, I, I totally agree. And that's kind of where I, I wouldn't say interjected, but used my, um, supreme power. I guess my own voice and yeah, whatnot. Um, yeah, <laughs> voice of God. You are God. So we talked. So that was the callus that brought you guys as a group together. We talked a little bit more in depth about, um, not in depth. We didn't really go into in depth of what the defining moment your characters were whenever they, uh, their morals were kind of concreted, but we gave out, I liked how you guys didn't have it as one singular event, but kind of a list of different things that your characters have done that have slowly, slowly solidified your guys' position as far as morality goes. Um, yeah um, so little little side note on evilness um, I think a good tester to figure out what is evil and what's not as far as like a player character goes is could I be the bad guy of a good aligned party story uh, if there's maybe like a good aligned party out there wanting to put a stop to whatever I'm doing I would say that's evil enough you know and, and I think in this particular one shot or mini campaign, I think it makes sense where if we're trying to overthrow like a, what do you call it? Like a rebellion group or something, kind of like the rebels from Star Wars. You know, if we're the people trying to put a stop to that, well, there's probably a party within that rebel group trying to put a stop to us. And I think that means that we could be a good, like, maybe not evil, but like antagonist at least. Uh, a, a, or a rival, an anti-hero, a rival, um, adventuring party type of thing. Um, yeah. And the whole thing with evil, and I, I said, I believe I said this at the beginning, but your motives don't have to be evil. Like Derek's motive is he, his character just wants to protect people, wants to make mm -hmm. sure people aren't um, unjustly harmed. That's a pretty good, like, aligned goal. But then you look at the way he goes about it. <laughs> and sure. the, the, Path to hell is paved with good intentions, and it's well, kind of true. the opposite way. In these kind of instances, with some of the characters' goals, they have a really good and lighthearted goal. But the but the actions they take to get there are not good and kind-hearted. They are evil. Like, oh, that kid just saw us commit a crime. That kid's not alive anymore, and so like, you guys are like. I don't know. I like that's why I'm not too caught up in people's motives and goals being evil. As long as your actions you take to achieve those goals are are evil and not good. <laughs> and yeah. I I would argue that the good intention evil actions is the best. It's the most fun form of evil to play. I strongly encourage you guys and our listeners uh, to go read the comic book Watchmen. That is like the perfect, just, 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 I don't even want to talk about it too much. I just want you to experience it. Um, but like their moral system is like super wacky. 
uh, and it's really awesome because it's like by the end of it, you don't actually know who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. You're not even sure there are good guys and bad guys. It's absolutely incredible. Another, Definitely check it out. Another good example I saw of this online recently was uh, Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy from uh, Batman. Yeah. Look at it this way. Poison Ivy just wanted to uh, regrow the rainforest, and Mr. Freeze just wanted to uh, fix climate control. Mr. Freeze's way of fixing cli- the the global warming was to freeze the entire planet and kill everyone almost. And so good. it's good. like these good intentions, these good goals, but then not so good ways of achieving those goals, I think is what defines really good villains, in my opinion. It's like Thanos. Yeah. Like, you can have, like... It's almost just because, like, a character with just true evil intentions, evil means, evil goals. It's comic booky. It, it It is. Like, there's almost, like, no one in the world is like that. Like, yeah, there are people who are power-hungry and money-rubbing, but they don't... It's not... Like too, actively overthrow or actively end the world. Yeah, it's not too actively, like, evil. Like, there's always... I don't know. I mean, there there are some instances of people who are just complete shitheads and evil, and they're not. Look at like Joker, right? He's basically he's like the best bad guy who is evil for the sake of being evil. Yeah. And you know we know why that is because he's you know a little bit messed up in the head. We live but, in a society. Yeah, we live in a society. And even he hates Nazis. Everyone hates Nazis. Yeah. Everyone hates Nazis. Fuck Nazis. Um, while we're while we're plugging awesome villains in pop culture and literature, I have a few. Um, Read the Prince by Niccolo Machiavelli. Very good. It might be hard to get through because it's written in like the fucking 16th century. But it's really good. Uh, Code Geass, an anime for any anime lovers. The main character Lelouch is fucking terrific. He's one of the best characters ever written. Not necessarily a villain, but kind of. Um, and yeah, Scar from Full Metal Alchemist. Really, really good. Um, oh, there was one more. Fuck. All the villains from Full Metal Alchemist actually are really good. Like, if you think about it, fall, like the uh, the homunc- homunculus in the flask, like... I, it's just that... The, 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 um, the motivations in that one are, are, are some of the rare instances that, like... The true evil intentions, like, are done well, in my opinion. Oh, oh, the last villain, who's arguably not a villain, but kind of is, is Julius Caesar. Um, hmm. That man is one of the most interesting people to ever walk this earth. He literally, like, wrote history, like, by himself and inflated it. And we read it, and we thought he was, like, this awesome king for the longest time and then we revisited history and realized he was like he just genocided a bunch of people but it's fucking crazy he's the bad guy in a lot of people's story oh he's probably the bad guy in most people's story but um it's it's funny because he did do a lot of terrible things um but the people of rome loved him it's just like a really interesting dynamic but we're getting off topic yeah, we are. Those, those <laughs> are our villain plugs. So after we discuss some more of the character of those of those moments, the catalyst that brought you guys together, um, and solidified your morals, 
after that, we went into a little bit more campaign-specific stuff, but I think those were really important, so I don't mind going into those specifics. Um, so just to give a little bit of detail, uh, the uh, evil campaign and what is happening in this world currently is that there is a rebel group trying to overthrow the current government and not just completely overthrow their main goal is to take back the land that was taken from them and so they are kind of seen as the good guys our group um of evildoers um are their goal is to uh they're currently part of the uh this rebel organization and their goal is to take over the rebel organization and do things their way. Um, like I said, kind of a not explicitly evil goal, but again, the way they go about it is the more important thing. So some of the other questions that we asked specifically with this organization that they're part of, the rebel group, we talked about any other... Um, squadrons or other uh, miniature groups within the rebels that the players party interacts with any bad blood rivalry rival rivalries there we go and then um also talked about their uh not their relationship with uh actually no yeah we talked about their um the characters relationship with leaders and uh interactions with leaders and how those normally go and i was able to use that to kind of create do some more world building on my end and kind of uh be able to create these different aspects how do you guys feel about those questions and that kind of digging deep yeah just i mean just like the rest of the questions i think was all pretty good um you know you don't want to get too too deep in the backstory otherwise it could become a little bit you know too much but it, anything that really just gets you thinking about your characters and get the other people thinking about your characters, I think, is always good. I just want to think. I have to agree with Brad's assessment. Uh, I think we spent a pretty... We spent a sizable amount of time on those two sessions, but I think that we... I think the time we spent was good, and it really helped us get an idea of kind of what we're going to be doing going forward um because like none of that was really session one so like it doesn't count as quote-unquote play time but i think it's gonna kind of hold us down going forward and i think that especially since this since this is a mini campaign um it's gonna be especially useful since we won't be spending as much time in the world um this initial kind of idea of what we'll be doing is definitely helpful um, so yeah, I think that's a really good point about like not because we're not spending that much time in the world as like a mini campaign. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more valuable to establish some of like the the backstory and stuff. Uh, so instead of having to experience it in like the game time, we could just experience it outside of the game, which is good too. Um, so I lied. I have two more questions. Um, <laughs> so I gotta pee. okay, I'll wait till Larry's back. No, 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 I'm just... Good. Oh, okay. Um, how do you guys feel about having two separate session zeros instead of one larger session zero? Did you enjoy having the session zero and the session point five? 
having that time to think about your characters and kind of mull on the story, even if you weren't actively doing it? Or would you rather it just be one big long session? Um, so I guess that's going to come down to how much value did we get uh, in between the sessions? What, what kind of stuff did we talk about in between uh, that was useful? And I don't actually know. I feel like most of the stuff we talked about in session 0.5, we probably could have just done in session zero. Um, now, I mean, obviously splitting it out for more time is one thing. Splitting it out because we have stuff to work on in between is another. I'm not sure there was a whole lot to work on in between. Yeah, so... Yeah, I kinda, I, go ahead. I, I was just going to kind of reiterate what Brad said, but I think in our circumstance and probably circumstances of most people in, in our age group who are probably our target audience, um, I think splitting it up is important for, like, uh, life factors. Like, we're all working it all the time and have all this other shit going on so i think splitting it up there is beneficial but i i think i agree with brad like um the stuff between the two sessions uh i don't think there was much so i don't think like that's a a reason to split them up but i think the reason of like you know having other things to do on the day-to-day is a good reason to split them up so um no i i i do agree uh i feel like so what was nice is I was able to get those loopholes and those questions from you guys from the first session and round them out for the second session. But even though since those didn't really come up at all, though they didn't come up at all in the second session, then um, at that point I could have just done that before session one. I feel like having a gap between session zero and session point five would benefit if um, those questions I kind of threw in the chat uh, right before our session uh, yesterday um, that gap between the two would have benefited if I gave you guys that those questions at the end of uh, session zero this way you guys had that time to look them over think about them and then reach out to other players to kind of develop some of those questions I think that's where and that specifically would happen more often if this is going to be a longer campaign and again since this is a mini campaign as of right now it is um we've discussed that before but since it it's that way it's not really as needed to have those questions answered and developed so i do agree uh our personal session zero could have been just all in one but i think for other campaigns and for longer campaigns, campaigns that are a lot more focused and you have time to flush out the inter-character relationships in-game and be able to explore all those different connections, I think it's better to have a gapped session zero where once all the characters are developed initially, you can poise questions that will help develop them further, especially if there's inter-character questions that you want the players to have some time to work on. Um, I think that's where it would benefit for the separated, but I do agree that we probably could have done it all in one four hours. So one of the things that I didn't like about this session 0.5 um, is that some of the answers, most of them, or most of the questions, um, required you to make up some history with other characters. And that's kind of hard to answer outside of like the direct conversation. Because it's like, I can't make up history for my character that requires somebody else's character to do something without having them approve it, you know? 
It's like I, I wouldn't want anybody giving me, you know, history that I don't don't like. You know, which is why those questions would have been better poised at the end of session zero. This way, you guys can reach out to each other in the interim between session zero and session point five, so we can discuss those and kind of create those. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that was. I also miswarded whenever I presented those questions. I was more of. I don't know. One, I should have given it to you sooner. And two, I wasn't really too expectant of you guys answering it that uh, yesterday. It was more of just to get you guys thinking. Um, I, I do. Yeah, I mean, like, if you actually did want to use those questions. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, just, just make sure to just make sure that there's that coordination there. And way ahead of time, too. Um, yeah. So you bringing up that kind of leads me into my final question. Uh, what would you guys change about the session zeros and what would you add to them? Um, to make them better. I wouldn't have one. Fair enough. No session zero. Nope, no, I'm all. kidding. That was a complete joke. <laughs> so, Larry, did we talk about uh, killing off Grimgore yet? <laughs> no, I, I, I thought that was... I, I thought that was awesome. Like, um, I don't know if I can think of much off the top of my head that hasn't already been mentioned... Uh, that we can improve with um yeah I, i'll have to think about this one brad any input while larry's uh using his noggin um there's light bulbs flashing yeah i mean other than just the maybe some people might have liked to hear about it a little bit more ahead of time other than that i think it was pretty good yeah, no, I, I personally really enjoyed it. Um, again, first session zero I've ever done. I will always do them from now on in the future because it was really beneficial. And I think as we do more of them, we will get better at doing them. We'll be able to create a better structure for it. And again, yep. I think it's also really important to make sure to cater the session zero to the campaign. Like our campaign is an evil campaign. So we very so we really catered our questions around that. We catered, and you already had the premise that you guys were part of this rebel group, so we really catered those questions around that also specifically. And I think having that beforehand also works. But I did really like the session, and I would love to do more session zeros more moving forward. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're definitely more valuable um, for like longer campaigns. Uh, like for for a one shot, it could potentially be overkill. You could probably get away with just some like DMs or something before the session. Um, for a long campaign, then yeah, I could totally justify having like two session zeros, session zero point five. But for a mini campaign, I feel like two might have been a little bit too much, um, just because we're not going to really get to see the payoff of a lot of that stuff. But I don't think I think it was pretty good though. Larry, uh, have any of those light bulbs stayed lit, or they're all still flashing uh, at this time? You know. I really can't praise the session zero enough. Um, like Brad said, I think the longer the campaign, the more beneficial they are. But I think like this mini campaign that we're doing is like a sweet spot um, because it kind of is in the same world we kind of already know, but it gives us a new region, almost like a completely blank slate to kind of work off of. Um, yeah, I, I really, nothing's glaring out at me about like, stuff you could have done better i think we already kind of went over a few things that could have helped 
I really can't think of anything outstanding. I know that's boring, but like, you did a pretty <laughs> damn good job, Tony. Great. I thanks for all the feedback. Um, no, I I also I I really enjoyed that. That was the first time I've not the first time, but as far as like character creation and like development goes, that was. No, yeah, that was the first time I've walked away from a D&D session and being like, I'm really, 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 really fucking excited to learn more about, like, to see how these characters interact. Because I, like, I would love to sit down and do a session zero for our long-running campaigns, but I don't, it's not going to work at this point. Like, sure, it'll help a little bit, but, like, there's not much we can do without it being retconning, and I don't want to do that. So, yeah, session zeros, I can't praise them enough do them just fucking do it <laughs> it'll be so nice um i will have to give my opinion on it once we've had a few sessions just to see how it has helped but i can't imagine it hindering us in any way um no i'm 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 excited for my current long-running campaigns campaign to end so that i can start up a new one with another session zero just because it's so fucking needed. <laughs> but, yeah. Cool. Thanks for the input, guys. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our evil campaign. I'm sure you, the listeners, probably will hear more about it as it goes on. Um, we'll probably record it here and there and then uh, throw it up as extra content for you guys. Anyway, thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, I know we've been pretty absent lately. Um, Going to try and change it up. Like I said, life events happen. But in the meantime, please, please be sure to check out our Twitter, at Dudes and Drinks. Our Discord is on the Twitter, so please join and uh, throw suggestions our way, yell at us, criticize us, or just have discussions. Um, or be our friend. Or be our friends. That's nice, too. Uh, we also have an email. It's dudesanddrinks at gmail.com. Um, yeah. See you guys next time. <laughs>